The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And welcome to the latest live episode of Wrestling with Jonas, episode 342. And uh, yeah, what an awesome guest for a Wednesday evening. Uh, one of the brightest, one of the very best young up and coming pro wrestlers on the UK scene, and none other than the BWR Cruiserweight Champion, the Golden Boy of British Wrestling, Miles Kamen. Miles, great to have you on the show. How are you doing this Thank evening? You. I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Been looking no forward worries. to this since we um, since we decided to do it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And to be honest with you, you kind of been on my radar for a little while now because I think we first bumped into one another probably back end of twenty twenty one at a Wrestle Carnival yeah, show in Nottingham. Yeah. And I'm thinking, right, i got to keep my eye on this boy. got to keep my eye on Miles <laughs> Kamen. And uh, I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I did. But I'm glad that we're doing it today because 2023 was a banger of a year for mm. you. So mm. can't wait to mm-hmm. get into all of that. Can't wait to get into, you know, all of your highlights from 2023. We take a real deep dive. But for anybody watching live at home, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do. Just send us your question through using your chosen device. Uh, we are live on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube and X. Uh, and uh, when your question comes through, I do, we do our very best to uh, bring up um, every single question live on air. Just a quick reminder before we take a deep dive with Marla, some of my recent guests, and looking back to a couple of my guests from December, and of course we had the Queen of Mean, Lana Austin herself, as one of my uh, live guests on Wrestling with Jonas, and a bit of an appearance from Rob Drake and Lee McAteer on that one as well, so go and check that one out. And of course in December, we saw Episode 7, Parts 1, and part two of my exclusive Legends Masterclass series interview with uh, British wrestling legend Johnny Saint came onto the show. Well, in fact, I went over to his at a, a lovely hour-long chat with Johnny Saint in December. Two live interviews already in the month of January 2024. Brandon Lee came onto the show um, at the start of January and my most recent guest, Tommy Lawrence. Uh, so please go and check that one out. And my next live guest after Miles Clayman will be uh, next Tuesday, Tuesday the 23rd, uh, with a nightshade, uh, winning championships all over the UK, traveling all over the world, Spain, Japan, uh, and across the UK. But today, speaking of champions, it's all about that man there. Look at that. Miles Clayman, the BWR Cruiserweight champion. I've got to Ooh. say, the gold looks pretty good on you. You got you got the golden trunks there as well. That's you are why, the, golden the, boy. the golden boy. There we go. <laughs> that's why we call the golden boy. You are the golden boy. But to 2023, it was a, a banger of a year for you, and I think you'd probably agree. I know a lot of your uh, friends within the business, a lot of your fans, supporters, would say that 2023 was probably the best year in your career so far. Oh, but if you, if yeah. if you were to sum up 2023 in a nutshell, what would you say? Definitely progression. I'd say from where I previously was and it's like a slow, slow climb upwards. I think that's probably the best way to describe it, to be honest. Um, from where I was in 2022 to where I ended up in 2023, it's just cool to see a slow bit of momentum that's building yeah. um, and definitely a successful year, 100%. Yeah. And I saw a tweet of yours that said um, that 2023 was the year when you found yourself as a performer. Yes. Uh, what did you mean by that exactly? There's there's like multiple, I think there's multiple factors that come into this. So obviously 
at the end of the day, we're entertainers. So there's so many different things you have to focus on, whether that be your entrance or the way you wrestle, the way you look, your gear, the way you act, the way you walk. And I think 2023 was definitely a, a year where I found, okay, this is how I like to do my entrance as the character I'm portraying. This is how slow I need to walk. This is the face I need to pull at this certain camera. This is how I wrestle at this certain point. There's definitely a collective of ideas that I thought would work. And then I kind of just ran with them and it's like, oh, this is Miles Kamen when he wrestles. This is how I do certain things. And I definitely found that more in 2023 compared to 2022, where I was kind of like, I hope this works. or I feel like this is the right thing to do. Or this is the type of gear I think I want to wear. But I found the gear that I want to wear. I found the engine jacket I wanted to wear. I found the look that I wanted to present. Um, so it's definitely like a collection of ideas that came into one as what is Miles Kamen as a character. It sounded like in 2023, there was a lot more things clicking than there ever was yeah. before and falling into place for sure. Mm. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. One of your highlights, probably the highlights, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, of your 2023 would probably have to be this here. Yeah. NGW's final show of the year. Um, and uh, I can't quite make out the, the date of the 16th of December, 16th of December and it yeah. was Eternal Glory, NGW. Mm. And there you were in the main event against somebody you know very, very well, Nathan Cruz. Absolutely, yeah. But, uh, I mean, that was also NGW's uh, biggest show of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, different Big venue. show ever. Usually Big they show ever. the whole City Hall, um, but this was uh, a different venue. When, when you got that text or that email to say, Miles... Final show of the year for NGW. You're going to be in a cage match against Nathan Cruz. What were your reactions when you got that message, Miles? Well, I found out the idea a few months before, as in this is what we're going to go with for the the main event. And I was like, okay, bit bit of pressure on my shoulders, but it gave me a bit of time to be like, okay, I need to prepare in different ways. Um, whether that may be the way I look, the way I train. For example, I got an engine jacket ready. So it gave me time to even become an even better performer, ready for that opportunity um, on the 16th of December. Absolutely. Let's talk about that jacket because it is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's friend. cool. Yeah. Look it's at that. It's very expensive. <laughs> I, um, Do you want to shout out the designer or, or, or who yeah, made it so, for you? So my, and I know a lot of the boys use this person as well. So Sacred Circle, um, one of goes to Pursuit Pro Wrestling in Sheffield. Um fantastic gear designer um so she made every everything you're looking at apart from the boots everything you're looking at the engine jacket the tights the uh, tights the trunks the knee sleeves everything all all came to t on time just phenomenal and adjustments were made as well and she cracked on with it didn't kick up a fuss like oh i've made it but she cracked on and did a hell of a job and made, made me look cool like a star Every yeah. bit of the superstar. Uh, before we talk about before we talk about the match, um, I want to bring up uh, this tweet here. Now, this is from you. This was just before mm. the show. Uh, from being told I was too small to wrestle for NGW at Butlins to main event in their biggest event ever, Golden yeah. Boy on top. Now, I mean, you know, obviously it, it, that main event spot. Uh, we'll talk about the match, but that obviously meant so much to you. But yes. I mean, reflecting back on when you were told that you were you were too small to you know yeah. main event or to perform for NGW at their bottling shows yes. to then you know main event in their biggest show ever, mm. however many years later, what did that mean to you? It it was it meant more as a person rather than as a performer. Mm. Um, and I, that tweet wasn't like in terms of like trying to throw shade or any disrespect or anything like that. It was purely 
to show where I've come. So to give some back background to the to the statement was we used to do Butlins shows for NGW where we'd go six days a week, six weeks in the summer, go from every single Butlins camp in the country. And it was some of the best times of my life. But because of my age and how and my size and stuff, I had to referee. And I, I understand the reasons why I got told the reasons why. So that tweet was purely like, hey, this is this is how far I've come, and I'm very proud that I was once a referee. And now I'm headlining the, their biggest show ever. So that was purely a cool, a cool tweet to put out because I was like, I finally get to say this. I've come from here, and I'm here now. Yeah, absolutely. And just thinking back to that evening when you had that main event match, mm. um, stepping behind the curtain or just stepping through the curtain, where, where was your head at? I'm sure that there was maybe some nerves, but maybe a lot of excitement as well, knowing that you know the the, the occasion, the enormity of it all, and maybe your first ever steel cage match. I'm in a weird place with it in terms of mentally, in the sense of I used to, and I know a lot of wrestlers feel the same, used to be so nervous until I go, until you step through the curtain. Once you step through the curtain, you're fine. Everybody fears that moment just before because you're like, oh, what if everything goes wrong and all this and that. But as soon as you step through the curtain, I'm generally fine. But re- in the past like six months, it my feeling before a match is a lot different. Not that I'm too casual or anything, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm about I'm about to perform now. And it was the same here. It was I wasn't as nervous as, as I thought I'd be for a big opportunity. I was more excited to perform and be like, okay, this is the time. Because I also get I know again a lot of the wrestlers feel the same because a lot of other boys were watching. That gives you that gives you a bit of motivation. It's like, okay, let's show everybody, let's let's show all the boys why I'm here and let's let's prove to them why I got that opportunity instead of necessarily some other people. So this also gives you a bit of a kick to get going. Um, and I wasn't as nervous as I thought I'd be, which I'm very surprised by. I kind of just like, okay, we're on, cool, let's go. And then Absolutely. once I'm through, I'm in the zone. And we, we saw the gear earlier, but that entrance, you know, that, that entrance alone is just, just mm. shout superstar all day long. But we the, the cage... Now, um, it, it, looking at that, it just reminded me of like old school, old school. WWF yeah. steel cage. You know, you feel like yeah. King Kong Bundy and Hulk Hogan WrestleMania two sort of steel cage. But uh, I mean, what was it like to wrestle in that cage? And, and I can only imagine with it being kind of like solid steel cage mm, that it was believe, um, yeah. quite yeah. punishing. But um, you know, it gave you a, a little bit of uh, freedom to kind of experiment while you were in there too. Yeah, it, it was weird because usually when I wrestle. The next day or the day after, I'm like, oh, my back. I can feel my back a little bit from landing on my back and taking those bumps. After this steel cage match, it was all my forearms because every time I got flung into the cage, I'm, I'd rather take pain in my forearms than in my face. So I, I woke up like, oh, I was some bruised forearms. I was like, ah, I can feel I can feel my arms. I'm going to have to have a few days off the gym because I can't, I can't really move them. So it was more, it was a different type of pain that, that I'm used to. Again, because you used to just absorbing so much from your back, it was um, a bit of a, a sore one, to be honest, in in in, in his own way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know that you're, um, you know, a bit of a wrestling historian. You love your kind of old school characters, mm, and you love your pro wrestling. Fan. But did, did did you kind of? How did you prep for a match like that? How could you prep for a match like that? Because if it's your first ever steel cage match, I mean, did you kind of watch a lot of old school stuff, or maybe it's, prep it's, in a slightly different way? It's a unique one. I think it's. It all depends on 
what audience you're performing in front of to mm. what obviously you can take ideas from every single type of steel cage match that's ever happened whether it's a cool thing off the top of the cage or one little thing you can take ideas from everything but i think in terms of the story we're going to tell and how we're going to wrestle i think you've got to look at what audience ngw is and ngw is it's not too family it's not too indie it's a nice middle ground so i think i looked at a lot of maybe 90s i think there was an owen hart Bret Hart cage match that i watched um there's a flair and dusty rose that i looked at just just to see how they told a story within the cage because I know that that's what that audience wants is that story. They want to see me get beaten up or me do this to Nathan and Nathan gets back on me. It's it, They want to see that happen. So that's what we tried to deliver. Absolutely. Now, uh, in preparation for this, I kind of went through your socials. Also, it gives me a great insight into the individual and, you know, their, their kind of uh, past, their history, um, what they like to talk about. And uh, this tweet here, um, proudest moments yes. for my mum. Obviously, there's yeah. the picture of your, your entrance there as well. Um, and, and like I say, I said at the, at the top that that was probably maybe one of the one of the best moments of your career having that mm. match with Nathan in a steel cage over a thousand people in Hull. Um but you described it there as one of the proudest moments of your life. Yes. Yes. For very for various personal reasons. Um yeah it was what it was a cool, one of the coolest moments of my life. Only because of a journey that I've been through for the past few years to get to that point was cool. It was like okay I've gone through all this stuff and I'm here now and I can keep going. So that's why I was such a proud moment for myself. People who know what's happening, I won't obviously go into detail, but it was, again, a similar story to the Butlins to now. It was, I've gone, in my mind, I've gone from here to, to where I am now. And that's why, that, it was more of a journey to that moment that I was proud of. Um, yeah. And then that moment kind of like captured that, that picture captured it. 100%, 100%. I'm sure that's a moment and a match and a night that you'll remember forever. Yeah. Um, just a few other tweets I kind of grabbed from your timeline from Nathan Cruz. Uh, for all the differences in NGW, uh, last night Miles came and showed why he deserves to be in the main event anywhere. Um, I echo his statements. Uh, Dave Bradshaw said, still buzzing from the Saturday Night Steel Cage yeah. match. Um, he says, uh, Nathan Angel is amongst the very best in the UK. And as uh, the UK is produced in the 21st century, and Miles Kamen uh, may well be good enough to join mm. him in that list one day for sure, if not today. Um, and then uh, yesterday, you proved that you were on another level. And I think what that match kind of culminated, what that match demonstrated was not only it culminated what was a, an incredible 2023 for you, but I think it showed the British wrestling landscape that you were well and truly on the scene, that you were on that next level now, um, and that you'd kind of grown and matured and proved everybody that you are the real deal in 2023. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've got I've got a very I think I've got a good perspective on where I'm at and I I don't like to lie to myself and be I'm a I should be in this position where I, I take a step back and think, okay, where was I last year to where I was now mm. and how much I've grown as in terms of just being a, a person like physically mentally i'm like more ready um because i i look back at pictures from last year i'm like i'm half the size for example and it's like okay if i got the chance then i wasn't going to make as much of an impact as i could have now and the same for next year and the same for the year after that so i think it's never been a good growing period of growth I'd, absolutely I'd 
And uh, you you just described in kind of the twelve months difference in your physique, in your mm. in your, your your bulk, you you know your your yeah, uh, kind of now, size. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of hard work's gone into it, and like you say, there's this total package that you're kind of growing, and yes. things are kind of clicking and falling into place, making sense, and creating this you know, almost not necessarily final version of Miles Kamen, but uh, probably the best version we've seen. Um, version, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and what, I mean, talking about kind of your diet and your gym work, what's gone into that kind of size difference and that progression well, in the last 12 months? One of my good mates, and he's a wrestler as well, he's currently out injured, Ethan Allen. He does um, mm. coaching, Ethan Allen coaching. And I said to him, I was like, I have an end goal. At, the, at this time, I didn't know I was going to have the match in December, but I said, I've got an end goal for this date. I want to be the best shape, but I also want to put on size because at the end of the day, you're still going to, you can be, I think, whatever size you want, but you're still going to have some size. There's some aspect to having some size, I think, definitely helps, whether it's for your physical health or just in general, your actual performance in the ring. So I was like, Ethan, I need to put on size, but then I also need to cut it back because my I pride myself in terms of my character of, Look, trying to look good. So yes, I need to put on size, but I also need to strip it back to maintain a physique that my character would want to have. Um, so it was a lot of just getting food down me, strict workouts, um, weighing myself every day. Obviously, sometimes I'd forget, but everyone everyone does now and then. And then yeah. it was like, all right, let's cut it back, increase your cardio, let's see where we can go. And uh, lost quite a bit, of, lost quite a bit of weight on that cut, but you just sometimes that just happens. And I looked up and I was like, oh, you know, you can see progress. You can see growth from, you might not see it day to day, but if you compare it from, like I say, from now to last year or yeah. that's only, I think that's only a four or five month difference. Yeah. And on the right, I might not look as as aesthetic as I want to be, but when you pull it back, I'll put on a little bit of size. So that's cool Absolutely. to see. Let's talk about another massive highlight of yours from 2023 from the last 12 mm. months. And uh flashed up the picture earlier. But oh, there yeah. you go, uh, the, the golden boy with the gold, the BWR Cruiserweight Champion. And that was another huge accomplishment, huge milestone of yours Absolutely in 2023. Yeah. Uh, I love some of these photos, um, especially the, the black and white one there. Just, you know, just you can just sense the mood and sense the atmosphere from that photo yeah. alone. Um, but uh, it was at this show here, wasn't it? The Revolution what? Roulette, 23rd of September, when it all went down. And yeah. uh, this was a shot directly after winning the championship with your boys, Reese and Rogan, the BWR Tag Team Champions, former guests on the show as well. Great boys. But uh, talk us through that whole occasion, because I know that you've got a bit of history with BWR. I think you, you've won yeah. their underground championship before, several other accolades and big championship wins. Uh, but that's got to be your kind of your biggest accomplishment so far, certainly yeah. in BWR. And that's a similar one to NGW in terms of going from one place to now. With BWR, I got brought in like three, four years ago as a throw together tag team. Not didn't get brought back, and I got told there wasn't space on the card for me. And a, another journey of main event, main eventing in July, also winning the underground championship like previous year, and then also yeah. getting a cruiserweight championship in October. It's another journey of of growth. Of I've started from the bottom of the company, and now I'm slowly working my way to the top. And I think that's definitely mirrored in other places as well so it was a cool definitely a cool situation and bdr is one of my favorite places to rest at because of this story that's happened from where i am to now 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, similar to the NGW story and, and, and winning the BWR Cruiserweight Championship, it's a bit of justification for you and for all your hard work with that mm. group and, you know, the last five or six years in the business. Um, and, and also, you know, it, it kind of justification for the promotion to kind of say, right, you know, I'm going to put the strap on this guy on this guy um, because uh, they've worked hard and they deserve yeah. it. So it's, a, it's uh, acknowledgement, I think. I think that's why as as a kid, we always wanted to win a wrestling belt. And obviously, as you get into into the actual industry, you, you, your mindset changes in terms of championships. But at the end of the day, it's a way a company acknowledges you as, okay, we believe in you for this aspect of the show. We're going to run with you. So it's almost like a nod of approval from them that you're doing a good job. And we Absolutely. like you and see where you go. Yeah, and I brought their picture up a moment ago, but we've got to talk a little bit about Reese and Rogan because, like I say, former guests on the show, uh, one of the best tag teams on the scene today in the UK. Mm. I know they're more Northern-based, but to be honest with you, like yourself, they deserve to be absolutely everywhere. And I think they've had maybe a similar journey to yourself. I think that you know they've been on the scene a similar length of time and taken a, yeah. a similar path to yourself. Um, fellow champions in BWR, tag team champions, as I've just explained. Um, but And they're also pretty tight with yourself whether it be in storyline or uh, outside of the wrestling ring, aren't they? Yeah, I seem to be glued to our um, R&R everywhere I go. I can't get away from them. Um, yeah. yeah, good little group there, uh, BWR and NGW. NGW. Um, mm. Yeah, they're hard hitters. And they, it's, an easy, it's an easy setup in the sense of I like to tell them what to do uh, in, and then it happens. So it's, it works visually. It works in terms of actual performance. Um so it just works. It, it's yeah. a nice little combo that we've got there. That's it. And if it will go sideways, you've got two big, uh, two big guys to jump in and help you exactly. out. Exactly, exactly. Or they can just distract people, and then I win. So it's, yeah, absolutely, uh, it's a nice and little situation there. I, I don't know how many times you've defended the championship. I think it's just the once, and I just think once. it's this match here against uh, former cruiserweight champion uh, Robbie X, and, and also dare I say the former heavyweight champion of BWR yes. as well, because uh, uh, Robbie was the heavyweight champion when I had him on my show probably a couple of years ago. This is the moment when uh, it all went down, and you got the pinfall over Robbie. And uh, your tweet last night: I beat one of the best cruiserweights in the world uh, all by myself. I am the cruiserweight king. Uh, yes. But, uh, I mean, you know Robbie very, very well. And uh, similar to R&R, &R, you know, you, you've been not necessarily joined at the hit with Robbie X, but I know that you've had your encounters with Robbie over the years yeah. uh, for one group or another. Um, but uh, once again, talking of highlights for 2023, getting the win um, over the former BWR heavyweight and cruiserweight champion, uh, quite a big deal. And once again, a kind of bit of justification and uh, a tip of the hat for uh, where the company see you going for you know 2024? Yeah, absolutely. Like that that was a really fun match that I had, and I actually, not many people know this. I actually wrestled that match ill, so oh, or like or just coming off. I, I think that morning <clears throat> I was ill. So whether I technically ill or not, but I was either just ill or just coming off an illness. So, but to be able to go 20 minutes with one of the best in the one of the best cruiserweights in the country, arguably one of, one of the best cruiserweights in the world, um, being able to go 20 minutes with him was. And be able to prove that I can go twenty minutes is a cool, is a cool thing to do, and yeah. to win at the end of the day is um, always nice. It's always Absolutely. Nice. 
Absolutely. So, so um, let me just bring up this picture. Um, yeah. And uh, 2023 end of year awards. Miles came in breakout mm. star of the year uh, for uh, for BWR. Now, as, as I mentioned, you've been on the scene since. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think you've probably been on the scene since about 2018. Um, yeah, and coming up six years. Coming up six years. I mean. All, how does it feel or how does it sound to you to be considered a breakout star when you're already six years in? I know you said that 2023 was a phenomenal year and things were clicking all over the place and it is your best year so far. And obviously, you know, that's been recognised by the fans and by the public and the promotions out there. Um, but uh, does it seem strange to be considered a breakout star six years in? No, no, because I think it's one of those in every in every like industry, no, no matter what industry, not everybody has the same path. So, for example, Leon, just look at Leon Slater, like mm. much younger. I, to be fair, I think he's been wrestling longer than me, but <laughs> but much younger and, he, and look where he is. But not everybody's going to follow that path at 19. Um, and I'm 23 and this is where my journey's going. So every, everybody's journey is different in the sense of I may only, it may have taken me three years a BWR to get a breakout award as such. Yeah. Um, so it's cool that again, the acknowledgement of my hard work, um, just to be able to see that, I was like, okay, cool. They, they see the work that I'm putting in. Let's see where we can take it from here. If they consider me the one of the breakout sounds, what's 2024 going to be like? Absolutely. Uh, and let's ask you about that. I mean, you, you've had one match under your belt 2024 for, for Rise, um, but, you know, pretty much a full year ahead of you. Um, you've got a lot of momentum behind you, uh, like I say, off the back of your, your, your best year in your career so far. Where do you foresee 2024 going or looking like for you, uh, you know, professionally in the business? Where would you like to kind of, if we were chatting in another 12 months time, how do you see 2024 going for you or how would you like it to go for you? Just purely a progression of from last year. So I was getting cool opportunities. For example, in November, I got to wrestle Homicide and Hernandez. Little stuff like that was cool. Um, again, having cruiserweight matches, having opponent X, Y, and Z. So having a collective of, of opportunities like that, I think we can only grow from there. And okay, let's see how many bigger names we can wrestle. Let's see if we can perform against so-and-so or wrestle this type of style. So I think a progression from last year in terms of opportunities and making the most of the opportunities, but also a progression up the card as well. So, yeah. like I said, with the I went from BWR bottom barrel to main event and then cruiserweight. Let's see where what other companies I can do that in. For example, Wrestle Carnival. Yeah, as you know, coming up, uh, going for the championship. So it's let's see where we can take myself up the card and because at the end of the day, like my my character and myself, I want to be main event as as most people do. Um. So it's just slowly trying to build that reputation of, okay, Miles is a main event guy that we have to put in that position. And whether that comes in making the most of the opportunities I get, again, putting on size and looking and just enhancing my look as a star, because you can always improve in that aspect. You can get to your dream physique, but how do you take it a step further and how do you look more like a star? There's always ways you can improve in that sense, whether it, yeah. I do my entrance slightly differently, whether I talk slightly differently. There's always things I can improve on to make myself more of a star. So I, to be honest, yeah, that yeah. kind of sums up nicely to be more of a star this year. Like yeah. I say, I found myself last year, where, what can I do this year in that sense? 
Absolutely. And you mentioned it uh, just a moment ago. Uh, you nearly stole my thunder there, but uh, <laughs> Fightmare 5, uh, December, uh, November the 18th. Um, yeah. And uh, what an incredible match. And it was yeah, Homicide really cool. and Hernandez teaming up this time uh, with Nathan Cruz. And there you are, every bit the superstar uh, between two international legends. But I mean, going back through your history, I, I don't mm. think you've wrestled many imports or many international no, no, stars. That, I think that was my first time. Yeah, so I mean, that must have been, you know, a thrill and maybe a slightly different experience for you as well, especially to experience guys that have been around for decades. Yeah. But to wrestle some international stars where you haven't done so before must have been, you know, different for you. Yeah, it was a really cool experience. And to wrestle two guys like Homestan and Hernandez, I, myself, I didn't watch them growing up or anything like that. I didn't have access to that type of wrestling. I was, I had Sky One. W Entertainment on a Sunday. That's all I had. So I didn't really grow up watching these guys, but I know the impact they left or are continuing to leave on the indie scene and as you know, they're like OGs of the scene. Like, So to be able to go in and wrestle them and learn from them was a really cool experience because right, these guys are known all over the world. Why? This is why. Um, so that was a really cool experience. And just to see how different people work like, and wrestling someone of, an, of experience like that, it's like, it's a different atmosphere. They're, they're both lovely, but it's a completely different atmosphere. It's like, okay, what do they do? What do they want to do? Let's just learn from them. It's not my it's not my time to be like trying to show up. It's what can I pick up from these guys? Why are they considered legends of TNA, Ring of Honor, all this, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that was definitely a cool experience. Uh, absolutely. And speaking of a cool experience, and it is pretty cold outside, I think it's like minus two or minus three where I live. I don't know what it's like where you are, but speaking of cool experiences, what about this <laughs> one here from the bread yeah. shed? Um, and uh, it was a Leon Skater uh, versus Miles, a bobsleigh man um, at Modern Nomads uh, last show of the year, December the 19th. Um, and uh, here's just a few pictures from now. Oh, he looked, you, you unfortunately broke. Your bobsleigh, or your bobsleigh got yeah. got broke somehow. I'm not sure. Uh, that one's good, I, that's why I posted that picture. The other, the other one didn't even make my social media, but that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think you've described it as uh, probably the, the most fun you've had in 2023. Yeah. But uh, yeah. tell us about that because it just looked, I mean, going from a steel cage match with Nathan Cruz and then wrestling <laughs> LAX uh, for WAW yeah. to, to wrestling on a bobsleigh against Leon Skater, that's just a world apart. <laughs> oh, it's complete. And that was literally about, I think, about three days apart, the Steel Cage match in that match. Those, those yeah. shows are so fun because is it obvious it's a different type of wrestling and it's different from the mainstream wrestling, but it's a chance to have fun. Um, obviously, we're not playing those characters legitimately. Like It's just a good laugh. Um, and like I tried to create some kind of funny storyline on Twitter. Like, one one gimmick i used to do on twitter was i just make up stories about people and people people were catching on to it. they were liking it it got to like one of my most like tweets like that type of stuff so i thought you know what i'm gonna make the most of this and i'm just gonna start making up stories between this bobsleigh character it sounds so dumb like but bobsleigh and the skater character and see if people enjoy it and people people are liking it um so go. it definitely got over a little bit online so i thought let's take that story and let's do it into the match because that's what that's what the fans are there to see it's to see dumb wrestling and have a good time and have an escape um, your, your, your yeah. 39 year rivalry with yeah, Leon so Skater I kept, yeah I just kept saying I idolised him and 
I can't say what I said on on here, but as, along the lines of he thought I was a joke for being a bobsleigh man and stuff. So that that set the tone for the match, and it got it it got people invested in a funny way. It was like, okay, they're not just going to mess about. They've actually got a funny little story we can we can laugh and go along with, um, which just makes the match a little bit more interesting. And obviously, I had a fake bobsleigh. It was just a cardboard box, and Leon tore it up, whatever, and that got. An, an opportunity for the fans to interact on a, a less serious level, and I had a good time. I got to I got to wrestle in a a morph suit. I didn't have to tan. I didn't have to get a put. It was it was a it, it was a nice nice um, easy day. I'd say it was a good it was good fun. Yeah, those uh, modern nomad shows are always uh, yeah. take, different to any other show you're likely to to uh, watch 100%. as as a spectator. And in a weird sense, there was a good sense of pride at the end because. All, all the boys had a good time. The crowd had a good time. They were invested for everything. They were loud. And it was just a nice way to end the year uh, at Christmas time. It was just, we had a big speech at the end, big group photo. And it was just a nice way to like send off this year. It was like, okay, let's, have, let's end it now. Let's get back to it in January. So Absolutely. it was a real good, it was a good feel after the, after the show for sure. Yeah. Now, the first time you came onto my radar, I was at a TNT show up in Liverpool, October 2021. Now, it's Extreme Fields, which was oh, uh, yeah. a, 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 an all-day-long event, a mixture of uh, uh, rock music and That was a long wrestling. day. It was a long-ass day, yeah, that, wasn't that it? Was, um, that was disgustingly long. <laughs> it really was, that. but uh, a lot of fun. I've got to say, a lot of fun. I think you wrestled uh, against Will Cruz for the BWR yeah. Underground title that day. But I mean, what what really struck me that day was, I'd say, first time I'd kind of seen you in the flesh. I'd kind of maybe seen uh, maybe some social posts about you before, but never actually seen you in the flesh. But before your match, you cut this promo, and when I saw this promo, I thought, yeah, we're watching somebody very very special here. Where did this kind of confidence as, as, as a character and especially as a promo guy first um, establish itself for yourself? You know, was you that always that confident from the beginning? When did this oh. kind of confidence and promo uh, ability come to you? I think it's, I think the confidence comes from me watching other people. Sorry, I just got a call then. My bad. Um, right. So, um. I've lost my, lost my channel for now. Promos, that's it. So, yeah. Um, so, I used to watch people in promo. So, we used to do promo aspects of training when we used to train back in the day. So, everyone would stand up in front of the group and cut a promo. And I don't, obviously, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but when I watch people do promos and they are nervous, they're not confident, they don't believe what they're saying, they have a, a sunken posture about themselves, I immediately switch off. And that's no disrespect to whoever's cutting the promo. Of course, I'll listen, but I don't believe what they're saying. Mm. So I put myself in their shoes and I said, I do not want anybody to think that about me. I don't want them to think, oh, he's not, he doesn't know what he's saying. He's making it up as he goes along. He's lacking confidence. So I guess I put myself in that moment. like, okay, I have to, I have to, I have to do it now. I have to hit a, hit a home run so that all the pressure leaves my system in a way and I just I just speak and fortunately I feel very fortunate that I'm able to get those words out properly and I'm able to think of quick little catchphrases and tell a story within the program I feel very fortunate to have that ability um yeah so I, luckily promos have become they're not an easy thing to do but one of my go-to things is is the promo which is a is a nice gift to have I guess I feel Absolutely. very lucky to be able to do that 
Let me just play the promo that we did together backstage at Southwest Wrestling this past October, because I think in a nutshell, this will demonstrate how uh, how great you are at promos uh, and how confident you are behind a microphone. Here we go. John is backstage here at SWW, part two of Dust Till Dawn in Tewkesbury. I'm joined by Miles Kamen. Miles, um, a debut here in Southwest Wrestling and, and an impressive win against Brandon Shut Lee. Shut your lips. Shut up. <sighs> Thank you very much. I keep telling people, I keep telling people that I'm one of the best in the country because every single time I go out in that ring, I am a god. So you all better get on your knees and start praying because I ain't going away. I'm only rising to the top and every single time I prove why exactly I'm calling myself the golden boy. Now, today was my SWW debut and wow, what a performance. I said to myself before I went out, I'm going to be one and know in this company. I went into that ring and I did exactly what I do every single time. And guess what? Guess what? The golden boy. It's one and O in SWW because I'm miles and miles and miles better than every single person in this company. Yes. Lovely. Lovely, great promo. Nice. And uh, I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you remember what I said to you as soon as we ended uh, that that video. But I said, I said it was almost like having Ric Flair in the room. <laughs> I, said, I, I said it was so so kind of reminiscent of watching a Ric Flair promo. And you said, do you know what, John? As Ric Flair is one of my influences, especially when it comes to my character work, and especially perfect, when yeah. it comes to my promo work. Um, so, so tell us a bit about. I mean, would you? Is, does that still stand today? Is Ric Flair kind of one of your influences, especially when you watch a promo like that? You do see elements of Ric Flair and mm. a bit of old school coming out in you. Well, I've always naturally gravitated towards that 80s, 90s style. That's when I watch that type of wrestling, I become a fan. It's so hard. I find it so hard to study that type of wrestling because I'm just sitting there being like, oh, I really enjoy this. So I naturally gravitated towards the guys like Flair, your Steamboats. Um, and I just liked the personas they, those guys gave off. So I, I just naturally started picking a few pieces from those types of guys. Um, who are my big influences. Um, and that comes across in my wrestling as well, as long as well as promos. Um, so yeah, I said there were big influences in the sense of I like this style, I like the way they talk, I like the delivery. It's very it's very specific to that era. Mm. But also I've got to think, how can I take it from that era and spin it to a 20 now it's 2024? How do I bring that 80s promo to a 2024? And I'm still learning that aspect. Like I've got the confidence, I've got the content, but it's how do we, how do we make it more modernized? I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I love the way you kind of you know experiment with the old and with the new to make mm. it work for you and to make it work for twenty twenty four for sure. Tell us a little bit about how you first uh, got into the business. I mean, uh, give us a little bit of an origin story as far okay. as what quite, inspired quite, you to to take cool up the sport. Um, so me and my mate were at a gym that had the boxing gym. And we used to wrestle in there and we got kicked out of the gym, whatever. And I said to my mate, I want to, I kind of want to try this. And I was, 15, I was 15 at this point. 
So I googled um, closest wrestling schools, and one was the Leeds Grapple Wrestling. That's where I started. And my parents said no. And then it took me six months of persuading to let me, them take me to one training session. And it was only ever supposed to be one session. My dad's like, one session, you're not you're not doing it again. Just enjoy it. But my mum saw how much I enjoyed it. Then she started taking me week after week. She'd go to the White Rose Centre in Leeds, spend a Thursday evening in a shopping centre so I could do wrestling training. And then it kind of just snowballed from there and I'd start knowing more people. And I was those people became my, my real-life friends and... It, it was a snowball effect. It just grew and grew and grew from that point. Yeah, yeah. And when I was doing my research on you and you, certainly your early career, there were uh, a few names that kind of cropped up as being quite influential, maybe mm. uh, taking you under their wing and developing and training you. Certainly uh, Nathan Cruz is one of mm. them. Um, uh, would I be right in thinking that maybe Marty Jones had a bit of a hand in developing you as well? He was one of my first ever coaches in terms of he taught me the basics, but in terms of taking it past that, I wouldn't, well, with all due respect, I wouldn't consider my is, isn't in there, but definitely for the first four or five months of grasping the basics. I don't think there's yeah. anyone better of teaching the basics than my, but in terms of that, we didn't, we didn't progress together past that point, but definitely at, at the start for sure. Yeah, I mentioned Nathan, but also uh, Kip Sabian uh, yeah. kind of comes up quite a bit. It's, it's not not only being uh, you know a, a good friend of yours within the business, and maybe mm. a bit of a, an influence and an inspirational figure, but somebody that's taken you under their wing a little bit as well. Hundred percent, yeah. Kip Kip was uh, my coach at Hope Wrestling in Batley. Um, that's where I first started being coming familiar with Kip, and he was a great coach. We had a similar mind. Um, similar style, similar way we do promos, similar influences. So a lot of similarities in that sense that grew from being a coach into more of a friendship and a friendship to this day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, we spoke a little bit off air and I think we agreed that your your kind of career started around 2018. So mm. looking at 2018 and 2019 and doing my research on you, they, they were actually two quite busy years for you, to be honest with you. So yeah. not only were you starting out, but you were finding your feet, you were branching out, you were getting a fair few reps under your belt. What, what are some of your favourite memories or moments from them first couple of years in your career? Definitely title wrestling. That was some so my, my little run at Tidal Wrestling was something I was really proud of because it was almost like a, a real a, a gimmick coming to life in the sense of I, I, I had to fight to get on the shows. Yeah. Not actual physical fight, but I had, had to had to push to get on the shows. So then my character became I never got a match, but I'd always cut a promo and force my way into matches. And it became that popular that one time I was in Turkey on holiday with my family and I couldn't make a title show. So I texted the title promoter. I said, make an announcement and say, I tried to get, so they quote, ban me from the, from the venue and make an announcement at the interval, whatever, and say, Miles came and tried to enter the building. He's been kicked off by, kicked off the premises by security. And I heard that there was a massive pop when they heard that. So I was like, okay, this is working. I wasn't even there. And one little announcement and everyone's loving it. So it got to, um, there was a main event match. And there was, everybody was down in the ring and I was about to come out and somebody shouted, where's Miles Kamen? Because they knew, okay, I haven't interfered in the show yet. This is my time. And little do they know that I was actually about to come out. So that's when I knew that that was something I was proud of because fans were were catching on. It was like, okay, when's he coming out? Which match is Miles going to come out in? So that was definitely something that I kind of turned nothing into something quite fun there. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I mentioned TNT Extreme earlier. That yeah. was the first place where kind of uh, I saw you, locked eyes on you, and kind of saw you performing the ring. Uh, the first place I saw you uh, backstage um, actually getting ready for a match and performing at a show was uh, Wrestle Carnival. Uh, yeah. And of course, uh, back in the Ooh. good old days, they, they wrestled at the Portland Centre in Nottingham more uh, recently from the HMV Empire in Coventry. And I'll, I'll flash that picture up again in a moment. Um, but I think one match, I think you had a couple of matches back in the too, early version. Yeah. yeah, I think there was a six-man tag and then there was a tag match. There was yourself and Nathan versus mm. Pure Beef. And that was quite a unique match, if you remember, because I think Will Cruz uh, broke the uh, middle turnbuckle, didn't he? Uh, yeah. What do you remember yeah. about that match? Because that oh, was... I remember I think... the live flash before my eyes. <laughs> Were you the <laughs> one about to take the, the dive as well? The, yeah, the I was the, yeah, I was supposed to take a splash from well then unfortunately i didn't move out of the way and but um the rope just snapped yeah don't know why uh it was nothing will did it just it just gave way and it sometimes that happens um but i'll give credit to will he protected me um very well and i appreciate him to this day for that because it's a scary moment in, in any scenario when that happens so for him to be able to react mid mid-air and yeah. not land on me in a dangerous way um it's credit to will as a performer it could have all ended horribly interesting moment it could have all ended horribly and uh, more recent times um you took part in the survival of the fittest tournament yes. that they had in november which you won uh, and that, uh, that that kind of gives you this opportunity here just around the corner uh, yeah, january the 28th yourself versus Dereese. Yes, next, the king next of the week. carnival. Is that next week or am I got my days wrong? Uh, let's week, see, yeah. it's gonna 11 days' time, so two Sundays' time from the HB Empire in Coventry. Yeah. So, 11 days' time now. Um, where's, where's your head at? Because it's, it's an interesting set of circumstances, isn't it? Because, um, you know, you, you've had a bit of a journey with Wrestle Carnival, you won the survival of the fittest tournament to claim your shot. Um, but the, at least for the meantime, it's, it's the last ever Wrestle Carnival show. So, you could yeah, be, when all said and done, you could be their, their final ever champion standing there in the ring with the I gold. Mean, that's ideal. That would be cool. So, that'll be a a cool tweet to put out be like I'm last ever wrestle carnival champion whatever so yeah it's a bit of a weird, weird dynamic in the sense of yes we're both fighting for a title but there's no after in a way yeah. um, but either way like we're going to put on a show put in everything we can and at the end of the day I, I want to get as many championship titles as possible regardless of the, the foreseeable folk circumstances so me and Dries will put on a show I'm sure we've wrestled before um, I've beaten him, I think, every time I've wrestled him. Um, so, I mean, is what yeah. it is. You Should, know, be we'll good. Should be good. Should be good. Absolutely. And um, uh, we, we haven't spoke about this yet, but uh, you have had one match in a rise ring in 2024. Um, and you mentioned off air that you play quite an interesting character. Yeah. Now, tell us a bit about that, because you've been having a little bit of a, a storyline feud with Shreddy as well, haven't you? Is that yeah. all connected? Tell us about that. Yeah, so that that's a fun place to wrestle because uh, uh, the majority of shows I do, I play that golden boy character, and I, I walk a certain way, I talk a certain way, I wrestle a certain way. So, and I'm always booed. I'm I've always been a heel. So to go to Rise, where it was a bit interesting journey of Rise. So I started off as a heel in a group called Sober because it's an over eighteen show, and what shows what happens? It shows a lot. Everyone drinks. Everyone has a good time. We were a group that said no to that, so they hated us immediately. And for, I don't know why, but they brought in a character called Wing Commander Nash, love him to death. Um, and he, they made him my dad. 
Now, this sounds so weird, but I don't know why. I don't know why that ever happened, but the fans loved it. So we kind of became like a funny little duo. And then we feuded for a, a period of time. And then we reunited last year. And then we've been very popularised since. So it's a good, it's a nice chance to do something different and to be cheered for once. Like, it's an, I don't get the opportunity to be cheered much and to be able to embrace that. It also allows me to learn a different way. If I wrestle as a, a heel all the time, it's hard to ever learn how to be a good guy. So to be able to do the cool moves at the right time and actually get applauded for that and cheered for that is quite a cool experience. And I'm, I'm very, it sounds dumb, but I'm very proud of that as well because we've created a little good, a little good, a good team there that the fans can really get behind. Um, and we dress up as different. This is this is the only show where I won't wrestle in my gear for, apart from no modern nomad. So we wear matching outfits every single time. So I was back. Um, Nash was Batman. I was Robin at the last one, dressed in summer outfits. We're going to do Miami Heat in on Miami Vice, whatever it is, in summertime. So it's one where I can really let my hair down and just enjoy the moment again, which sometimes we need. Sometimes we need a moment where we can be like, okay, this is really fun, rather than it's business time. We've got to go. Absolutely. And uh, spoke about Wrestle Carnival January the 28th. The day before, though, is uh, BWR's next show, yeah, uh, Insurgents. From the Memorial Hall in Cleethorpes. Now, I've had a check through their socials. Uh, I know that you're on the main poster, but I don't know if you've been announced for uh, a title defence yet. Tell, tell us about what about you know. Two hours ago, me and Amir Jordan. Yeah. That'll be a good match. That'll be It'll a good be fun. match. I've wrestled, I've wrestled him here before, so that'll be, um, that'll be a fun one for sure. See how, see how it goes. I'll see what I get up to and see how I win. We'll see. Absolutely. Let's jump to some uh, some fan questions uh, okay. before we. Uh, so we've got. Um, you mentioned title earlier, and we've got the yes. the title owner Taj, who's watching us live at home, and uh, she sent us in a couple of questions. So uh, yes, what's my availability? An on the spot question here: uh, <laughs> Scotty Rourke, uh, Ace Matthews, or Vusic? Who would be your choice to wrestle, and why? Uh, I know that you probably know one or two of these individuals very well, but uh, if you were to wrestle any of these. I don't know. I'd say uh, the next title show. <laughs> Vus Vusic, um, yeah, Vusic for sure. Um, just because I've tagged with him so many times, and obviously the NGW stuff, we've tagged together at North as well. Um, I think that'd be an interesting clash of styles because he's very different to me. He's yeah. more of a, a hard hitter, killer type type character. So it'd be different to see what happens when Miles Kamen wrestles Vusic. So I'd go Vusic there. No disrespect to the guys. I, I love Ace and I love Scotty, but Vusic for sure. Absolutely. And uh, Tyler sends another message. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Um, always I'm getting excited, better. I'm excited to be a title champion one day. Absolutely. We'll <laughs> um, and uh, a few more questions that came through before we went live from uh, Richie, friend of the show. Which wrestlers have you learned the most from during matches with them and time in the ring? So, uh, mm. good question there, Rich. Definitely um, Nathan Cruz, just because I've wrestled him a lot. Um, and I think that's only because we have very similar mindsets on wrestling, very similar styles. So it's enhancing my own my own style to see how, where he does stuff, where he places stuff, how he reacts in certain places. Definitely Nathan, and he's a coach, so I've definitely been in the ring with him more, more than just on a show. Um, I'd say Robbie X. Robbie, the, the, the copper talent that are really pushing Rev Pro. I, don't know, I know that's kind of a cheat question, cheat answer, but like, Robbie X, Leon, Luke Jacobs, those type of guys that are at that level. Yeah. I am trying to get to and trying to learn to get to that. And I, because I don't get the opportunity to wrestle those styles of matches very often, being able to do it with those guys 
is an opportunity for me to learn. It's like when I wrestled Leon, it's like, okay, why is this guy everywhere? And we gelled and I'm like, okay, that's what a really good worker does. Robbie X, why is this guy everywhere? That's how, a, that's how you do a match of that quality. Lou Jacobs, that's how you hit hard and make things look great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that collective of guys at that level, I know that's a cheat answer, but because I've, I've wrestled all of them, I've learned a more main event style from those guys. Absolutely. Great answer. Um, and uh, Darren Ewan, another friend of the show, um, who either UK-based or overseas would be your dream opponents? And what are your goals for 2024? So a bit of a two-part question there from Darren. This is, I've got, can I, can I say two? Yeah. So they're both from the UK. One of them would be Ethan Allen when he gets back, just because we've never wrestled and he's one of my best mates. And we have, again, similar mindsets on wrestling. He does a different style to me, but I, I think the the combination would gel very nicely. And um, the fact that I haven't had a chance to wrestle him yet, I really want to wrestle him. Um, and Charlie Sterling, he's my oh. favorite wrestler to watch in the UK. He's maybe one of my favorite wrestlers because I I can't stop watching him when he's performing. Yeah. Even if he's on the apron, he's he's very again very much like me. He's a Mister Perfect. Like I can yeah. tell. I, I once said to him, I was like, "Your favorite wrestler is Mister Perfect, right?" He's like, "Yeah." Like yeah, I can tell because I can just see Mister Perfect, and that's how good he is. Um, wow. He's always working. He's always doing something on the apron. And I can't. No matter what's happening in the ring, I can't stop watching him. Um. So definitely, definitely him, and his selling's just. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So definitely them too. Absolutely. I think you said that uh, your goals for 2024 is just more growth and to yes. uh, work in as many more places as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm going to throw another name out there, another talent that I think would be a great opponent for you. And I think like you, another individual that knows his character very, very well, I'd love to see you in the ring with Tate Mayfair's. I, as soon as you said that, I, I was thinking Tate Mayfair's came up in my mind. Yeah. Uh, never, never wrestled Tate. Love, lovely guy. Never had the chance to wrestle him. That'd be an interesting clash of styles because we're very similar. Yes, we have again similar mindsets of wrestling, but in terms of actual style and character, we've got some similarities that I won't have with other people. Yeah. So you never, you never know what could happen. It's all about like what would happen when Miles came and wrestles Tate Mayfair. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely. So that's a cool, cool dynamic to have. Yeah, and uh, you you may have to be the baby face in that match because let's <laughs> be honest, no nobody likes Tate. No, uh, no nobody likes Tate. Um, final question from me then before we wrap up this episode of Wrestling with Johnners. Um, what, what, what's been your your proudest moments in your career so far? And I know that 2023 were full of so many highlights, but like I say five, six years in the business now, you've had a lot of highs and one or two lows as well. But mm. have you got any really standout proud moments? Definitely the Steel Cage match has to give him. Um, I wrestled Kid Like Us 2 in May 2023 for catch in the main event that was special for its own reasons one because i was heavily i was again heavily ill like i remember I was, before the show i was thinking i don't want to be here like in my mind i was gone and we wrestled 30 minutes um with my whole family there and a tribute after for whatever reason for personal stuff there it was just such a big moment for me my family all the boys um so that was very that was probably my proudest actual performance of my life just because of the circumstances of being ill with everybody yeah. watching um they're, i'd say they're top two um maybe winning the cruiserweight belt just because that was a cool moment to have and it was good it was good acknowledgement from people i've worked very hard for um Absolutely. 
and maybe in my debut in like 2017, whenever it was, um, it was only a two minute goal, but I took me about a year to get my first show. Um, again, travel to Leeds every week to get that. I paid a lot of dues in that year, setting up rings, going to help out, whatever. Um, that was definitely, obviously, that has to be a proud moment for me that I've got to that position. I was like, okay, I've actually done a wrestling match. Yeah. Well done, well done. I'm just going to flash up this picture. I should have flashed it up earlier, but I'm sure uh, a really cool uh, photo there. Yeah. Some people you know very well. you got Max Dead. I think that's Gabe Kidd on the left-hand side yeah, as well. Gabe. Yourself, well, Nathan, yeah. Robbie, and uh, the aforementioned Kip Sabian doing some wonderful things over in the States. But um, uh, before we let you go, um, uh, an opportunity for you to throw out any socials. Now, it's scrolling along the bottom of the screen. Yes. Uh, but uh, if anybody wants to reach out, say hi, learn more about Miles Cayman, where can they do so? So Instagram and Twitter, or X, whatever it's called these days. Uh, Miles Cayman, no spaces, no capitals, whatever, just Miles Cayman. And then my merge is milescayman.bigcartel.com. Absolutely. And I've got a... A picture of your very sweet yes. bit of merch there. Still, still some available, but uh, that's a cool design. Uh, Alec Hugel, I think, uh, has done Indeed. that one. But um, uh, obviously, that one's still selling very well. And um, any more plans to launch any more merch down the line? Not, not for the time being. Not for the time being. Um, but you never know. Maybe, uh, maybe second half of the year could be a good chance to do so. There we go. And just a quick reminder for me, uh, my next live interview will be next Tuesday, the 23rd of January. Uh, the deadly one herself, Nightshade, uh, the current Immortal Wrestling Women's Champion and uh, collector of bouts around the UK will be my next live guest on Wrestling with Jollers. But uh, Miles Cabin, you've been a, an awesome guest Thank on episode much. 342. If you've got any any final words, any parting words from the golden boy, Miles Cayman, uh, to kind of uh, sign us off this episode of Wrestling with Jollers, anything you'd like to say? Not really, just keep keep staying tuned to see what this year brings, I guess. Um, definitely going to be an exciting year for the Golden Boy, but we'll see what happens. There we go. But uh, the current BWR Cruiserweight Champion, the Golden Boy of British Wrestling, Miles Kane, you've been an awesome guest, and thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Mm -hmm.